Welcome to Forward with Glenn Walters, lead pastor of Judah Church, located in Charlotte, North Carolina. We believe today's message will help move you forward in your everyday life. From faith to faith, strength to strength, and glory to glory. Let's join Pastor Glenn in the sanctuary for today's message. Listen, before you're seated, greet somebody in the name of the Lord. Just shake hands, fist bump, wave, air five, hug, give them a gift card. Apologize if you yelled at them on the way driving here today. So thankful to see you in the house of the Lord. So thankful. If, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to begin a new series today for the next three weeks. For the next three weeks on something that I think is so important, prevalent, and relevant to our society as it relates to today. I'm going to talk about money. I'm talking about money. $100 bills, y'all. Sorry. My bad. I want to talk. So, you know, I've got to be so careful in this moment. Because the crucified one is trying to climb off the cross right now. I try to kill that down. I've been so broken so so many seasons. You know how people would make it rain? Not me, boy. I've got a fistful of pennies, and I make it hell. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I have to make it hell. <laughs> you know, over here trying to make it rain, I'm bringing hell to the plate. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I love it. I want to talk to you about money. I want to talk to you. I, I, the Lord gave me this series in September of last year to preach right here in this moment. So if this is your first time attending Judah Church, welcome. Obviously, you need to hear about your money. If this is your only time ever coming to Judah Church, well, good news. You're going to sit here and hear something about money. If you left the last church you came from, because all they did was preach about money. Welcome. Let me give you the punch. I will not be receiving an offering at the end of this message. If you're a tither, you understand. If you're a giver, you understand. I do not want you to give, according to Scripture, out of compulsion. We do not give out of compulsion or manipulation. We give out of obedience to the Lord. When the Lord told me to preach this message at this time of this year, in September of last year, I had no idea that the gas would be where it is. That inflation would be where it is. That the steaks we used to buy at a whole lot cheaper rate are where they are today. I had no idea that Taco Bell was going to end up being where it is. Y'all, it ain't even real food and we still getting inflated. Every time I, uh, every time, you ever walked into a smell that you're like, oh my God, what is that? Every time somebody says, walks into a smell and they say, oh, what's that smell? I say Taco Bell. That's what that smell is. That smells Taco Bell. It's, it's just reality. Hallelujah. It's not even real food, but it does make a difference, doesn't it? If you're bound up, it can set you free. 
Glory to God. I need to leave that alone. I told you I'm tired. I can't, I can't, I can't promise anything that's going to come out today. I, I want to preach to you on money. But listen, if you've been manipulated by previous preachers, I'm sorry, but don't hold me to that. Don't judge me by the ignorance and manipulation of someone else. I'm not here to give you my opinion. I'm here to give you the word of the Lord. And allow the spirit of God to speak to you as if whether it's true or not. And hear me, if you become aggressive or offended, I would go to Holy Spirit and say, why did I resist that that was in your word? And if the answer is because he was manipulative, cool, you got your answer. But if the answer was it's because you don't receive it because of abuse or manipulation from previous seasons, then ask the Lord to help you heal through that. Because I'm not here to get your money, I'm here to get you into freedom. That's my assignment in this season. I want to preach to you on a subject that I don't know that I've ever heard any other preacher preach on. Uh, I preached a version of this message in 2018 in this church. And I had an illustration, and I'll talk a little bit about it in a minute. I've subtitled this message as we start the series Kingdomnomics, just for a few weeks, leading as we get in towards November. And I'm very excited about how we're going to end this year. I want to talk to you, I've subtitled this message, The Spirit of Mammon. Spirit of Mammon. Matthew chapter 6. This thing called kingdomnomics is something that is very controversial because there is a standard that happens in our world today, in the God of this age, Mammon. And in order for you and I to walk according to kingdom principles, for the kingdom realm to be released on, in, heaven's, in heaven's realm, the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, then, then you must understand that what God brings by way of the kingdom most often is countercultural. You cannot expect supernatural manifestation only in natural ways. The reason it is supernatural, the reason it, it is extraordinary is because it goes beyond the limits of natural and ordinary things. And most often, the thing that births that is countercultural to what is actually happening in the environment or the culture. I, I wrote this th this way this morning. If heaven's agenda is the desire on earth, that then the substance, the standards by which the kingdom manifests itself will most often require a lifestyle sacrifice that is beyond the standard practices of our natural indicators or inclinations. Let me say it to you this way. Jesus tells us to give and then it will be. Most of us, the natural realm says, if I have it, then I'll give it. But the kingdom says, if you want it, give it, and then it will be given to you. Countercultural. Kingdom is countercultural. Here's another example. Confess your sins so that you may be free. Our natural inclination is to hide our wrong. Let nobody know about it because they'll always label us. But Jesus said that if you will confess, you'll be free. Most of us think as long as we don't confess, we can stay free. Countercultural. Here's another one. He said that the first are not the first. But the first shall be and the last shall be. 
He said that the greatest among you are not the ones that everybody serves. The greatest among us are the ones who serve everybody else. Countercultural. He said, watch this. He is the God who deserves it all. He is the self-sufficient God of the age. He is the omnipotent, the omnipresent, the omniscient God of the age. He deserves it all. And imagine what we could bring and do for him. But he says, watch this. Whatever you do to the least, that's when you've really done it for me. Countercultural. In order for you and I to enter into the kingdom of heaven, we have to come in like a child. Our whole world is about growing up. But for me to get into the kingdom, I've got to be childlike. Let me pause here. There is a difference between being childlike and childish. Selah. The kingdom of heaven is opposite of the natural realm. So in light of that, look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other. Wait a minute. So there are two masters that I have access to. Wait a minute. A master? That means I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm enslaved. That, that means I, I'm a servant. No man can be enslaved to two masters. Watch this. Because you will love one, and if I love one, then in turn I'm going to hate the other. So if I love this master, then I'm going to hate this master. And if I hate this master or love this master, then I'm going to hate or love this master. And there's no in-between. Why is there no in-between? Proverbs tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I have two masters. Love one, hate the other. So I can't have two. I'm really having one. Not only will I love or hate, but look at this. And I will be loyal to one. Good Lord, and despise the other. So I'm going to love and be loyal to this master, which means I'm going to hate and despise this one, or I'm going to love and be loyal to this one, and I'm going to hate and despise. Well, we need to figure out what the masters are. So here it is. You ready? You cannot serve God and mammon. In 2018, I preached this, a version of this message. And in 2018, I brought in a 13-foot banana boa constrictor. And I draped it around my entire body while I preached this message. And it was awesome. I felt like Brittany. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just kidding. I don't even know if Brittany knows what Brittany feels like. <laughs> So, Jerry, if you'll grab the snake and bring it in for me. <laughs> Point number one. Mammon will ambush you with fear. He'll ambush you with, mammon ambushes you with fear. The word mammon means riches in Aramaic. 
that when I serve riches, then like a boa constrictor that has been wrapped around me, little by little, it constricts and then suffocates. And when you are serving the master called mammon, the first thing mammon will do is ambush you with fear. The people who are under the authority of mammon, with their deepest influence, watch this, they have the most fear as it relates to their money. They're terrified of what's going on with the money. They're upset. When the stock is, when the Dow is up, they're up. And when the Dow is down, they're down. They're sitting there in perpetual fear. Oh my goodness, my 401k is being depleted. I don't even know what's going to go on. Oh my goodness, what's going on? Oh my, I need to get another credit card. I need to take this credit card. I need to come. And I hope they don't come in and ruin my credit because if it ruins my credit, then I'm not going to be able to get into another apartment. I'm not going to be able to get in this. I'm not going to be able to get my house. I'm not going to be able to get a new car. I don't know how we're going to pay for this. I don't have And they live in a perpetual state of fear. They go to the gas pump and they're in fear. They go to the grocery store and they're in fear. They, they go to the restaurant and they're in fear. And they live in a perpetual state. Listen, you are serving and worshiping the master called mammon. Because mammon, hear me, wants to rule you. It wants to rule you. It wants to rule you and it's looking for slaves and servants. Watch this. Because ultimately it wants you to worship it. And it bushes you with fear. So here we are in our economy. How afraid are you? How afraid are you? I'm not talking about frustrated. I'm talking about fear. Number two, mammon strikes with its mouth. It strikes with its mouth. Here's what I mean by that. Mammon promises you everything and delivers nothing. It delivers nothing. If I can just get in this new house, I'll be happy. If I can just get that new car, I'll be happy. If I can just get my promotion, I'll be happy. And you get the house, you get the car, but you never get happy. Because it promises everything, but it delivers nothing. Mammon promises us those things that only God can give. Only God can give you security. Only God can give you peace. Only God can give you notoriety. Only God can give you identity. Only God can give you independence. Only God can bring power. And only God can bring real freedom. Not mammon. Mammon says that money is the answer to every situation. It's the answer to all your problems, this right here. That's what Mammon says. Mammon says, if I get more of this, then I'm going to be okay. If I can throw more money at my marriage, my marriage will work out. If I can put more money into my car, and my it's going to work out. If I can get more money infused into my business, Mammon says that the money is the answer. But hear me, Mammon says also that I should take while God says I should be a giver. Mammon is selfish while God is generous. He was so generous towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. For the love of money, for the love of the money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 
Look at the text. I underlined it for you. That money, the love of money, is the root of all kinds of evil. If you look at the evil of our world, I promise you somewhere in the middle of it, there's a money play. It's a money play. Greed, covetousness, idolatry, jealousy, selfishness, lack of contentment, all of it at the root of it is a money play. That's why we want to look like we got it even when we don't. Because we don't have it, it has us. I want you to hear me. I think this is worthy of writing down. Money is a great servant, but it is a ruthless master. Hear me. It's a great servant, but it is a ruthless master. Number three, mammon restrains you in its grips. Mammon will bind you from being an extreme giver. It, it, will, it will bind you. Watch this. And by giving, I mean trusting. See, my giving is a reflection of my trust. And with every exhale, the constrictor... Ethan, hand me, hand, it, hand me the snake. Just hand it to me. Let me show them what I'm talking about. Yeah. See, you're still nervous. You're still nervous. I had this one lady, when I preached this in 2018, she sat on the front row, and she was one of those that backed me all the time. Oh, my God, preach. I'm telling you, the Lord is in this place. Glory to God. Glory to God. I couldn't even preach because she was glory to God in me. You know what I'm saying? Before I'd even finished, she was already amen and didn't have a clue what I was about to say. But she was amen. I'm with you. I'm telling you. You're going to bury me, Pastor. You're going to bury me, Pastor. I'm telling you what's going on. I brought out that snake. She moved from the front row to the back row. I have never seen her again since then. <laughs> with every exhale, it squeezes a little tighter. Because mammon wants to make you choose who you're counting on for your miracle. Let me ask you a question today. Let's do an inventory of us. Do you need God? Or do you need money? When you get to the gas tank, to the gas pump, are you asking for more God? Or are you asking for more money? When you're standing at the grocery line at Walmart, or Aldi, or what's the new one down the road? Lido. There you go. Thank you. I can't remember what it is. Are you asking for more money? Are you asking for more God? Here's where we are in religious. You ready? You ready? Well, I'm asking God for more money. It's religious mammon. It's religious mammon. You're saying you're going to the answer for more answer. It's mammon. Luke chapter 16 verse 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that know when you fail, that they may receive you into an everlasting home. And he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. In other words, you can't get more money and then be really who you really... Most people think money changes people. Money does not change people. Money exposes who you really are. 
Oh, pastor, you don't understand. If I had the money, I'd be the greatest giver. I'd be the most generous person. No, you won't. No, you won't. You won't be a generous giver. Because if you're not a generous giver in this moment, generous giving doesn't just magically happen because you have more money. Money does not change people. It exposes how we really feel. And that's what scripture is telling us. That if you are unjust in what is least, then it is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the trust of true riches? In other words, if I can't trust you with $6,000 a year, why would I give you $600,000 a year? This is what Jesus is saying. And if you have not, oh, I'm about to mess with this one in the 1130. Aren't you glad you attend? Watch this one right here. And if you are unfaithful with what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? In other words, if you can't be a trustworthy employee, why in the world should I make you a business entrepreneur? It is quiet in this Holy Ghost filled church. If I can't trust you not to steal the stapler, why would I make you the CEO of Staples? Now, that wasn't in my note, but that one worked right there. Come on. Come on. It was in the first service. She was in the first service, so I, I, I'll say it in this one. Precious little girl, one of my daughter's closest friends. She, she's working at a, a smoothie store, restaurant, whatever you call it stuff. I don't go in there. It's full of the devil. Ain't got time for that. Give me Starbucks. You know what I mean? I got zits that need nourishment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> healthy stuff. She's working at Smoothie King or whatever it's called in there. And every time my daughter would come in, they were really close friends, and every time my daughter would come in there, she would give her a free smoothie. Oh, man, that's great. That's great friendship. No, that's theft. That's theft. So I look at my daughter. I'm trying to help you here. I looked at my daughter. I said, baby, what are you doing? How much did you pay for that extra large? <laughs> I don't care if it's Friday or not. That's ridiculous. No wonder you're always going to the bathroom. Look at all the fiber you're getting. I need to shut up. How much did you pay for that? Well, she gave it to me. What? Every time? That's not general. Listen, if it's not yours, it's not yours to give away. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Here we go. My, so I told McKinnon, I said, you are teaching your friend that it's okay. A good friend steals for you. And if your friend requires theft to be a friend, do you really want that? Because if they'll steal for you, they'll steal. So that little girl came over to my house and she's sitting there, and, you know, because I'm, I'm PG or whatever. I said, listen, I ain't talk to you. Boom, immediately tears start welling up in her eyes. I said, calm down, I'm going to talk to you like a father. I'm going to talk to you like a father because I love you. Listen to me. Unless the manager told you you can give this away, you can't give this away. And if your friend is only your friend because of what you can give them, is that really the kind of friend you want? Honey, you can't be a thief and a good friend at the same time. 
Oh, that sounds really good for that 16-year-old little girl. Now, let's talk about when you go to the restaurant and the waitress tries to give you a free drink or a free dessert. Oh, y'all got so quiet all of a sudden. We're jumping in here with our religion. Oh, it's the favor of the God. Oh, God brought about a favor. No, God brought you a thief to the table. And you know it's straight manipulation because they're just trying to get a fatter tip. So they're going to steal from their company. And you're going to call it the favor of the Lord. That's not, that's mammon. Had one waitress come up. Yeah, okay, okay. That's quiet in this Holy Ghost filled church. But I'm telling you, this truth will set you free. This one waitress comes up and tries to give me a free dessert and free drinks. And I looked at her and I said, honey, thank you so much. Man, this is unbelievable. I just have one question. Did your manager say this was okay? Oh, well, I mean, it ain't. Not, okay, now you're lying. Okay, so you're a thief and a liar. I said, listen, do me a favor. Your job is so important, and your job yeah, is probably really important to you. If you want to bless me and my family in this way, would you take this and just make sure your manager is okay with it? And the manager was that time. <laughs> Thanks be unto God. But I'm teaching a principle. I can't call theft a blessing. That's mammon. Okay. Now don't mess with it. Don't me you know, go, I'll start messing with the stuff you buy off the streets. Do you want me to go here? Okay. All right. Move on, Pastor. Move on. Pastor Glenn will come back with more of the Word of God when he continues this message in a few moments. Stay with us. Join Pastor Glenn Walters, Eddie James, and Catherine Mullins Robbins February 10th through the 12th, 2023 for our Shabbat Youth Conference located at the LeConte Center in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Also, join Pastor Emily and many other mighty women of God for our Such a Time as This Women's Conference. This conference will be held at our Steel Creek campus here in Charlotte, North Carolina, March 24th through the 25th, 2023. For more information or to register, visit us at judachurch.org events or download our Judah Church app. Now, let's get back to the sanctuary where Pastor Glenn will continue this powerful message. Watch this. I, 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 wanna, I gotta run. Jesus calls mammon unrighteous, not money. I need you to hear me. He calls mammon unrighteous, not money. This is not, Jesus is not anti-money. Abraham, the father of our nations, was the wealthiest man on the planet. Lot had all kinds of cash. David was crazy rich. Job lost it all and got twice as much. I, this is not a message on anti-money. I don't know where it happened in our church where we think that the, only the really spiritual people are the really poor ones. No, the reason why they're probably more spiritual is because they need Jesus in a deeper way than all of us. God is not anti-money. Here's why. Because money that is submitted to God can produce souls. Money that is submitted to God can produce miracles. Money that is submitted to God can produce safety and all other kinds of things. The question is not, do you have money? The question is, who does it belong to? That's the question. Verse 13, for no man can serve two masters. He'll hate one, he'll, hate, he'll love one, he'll hate the other, he'll hate one, he'll love the other, he'll be loyal to one, he'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Number four, Mammon has three friends. Oh, this is going to be so good. Mammon has three friends. Friend number one is poverty. 
poverty. It's a po- the spirit of mammon has a best friend called the spirit of poverty. And let me help you get the gauge of whether you're operating with the spirit of mammon by the spirit of poverty. You ready? When you, when you buy what you want but beg for what you need. Amen, PG, my God, you preaching. Okay, thank you, Jesus. When you buy what you want, but you beg for what you need. When you buy an iPhone 14 Pro, but you have to stop by the can pantry for your kids, it's a spirit of poverty, and it is mammon. Help me, Holy Ghost. That is a spirit of poverty. When you buy what you want because you deserve it, but you're begging for what you need. Just this week, I love it when God helps me mess with my sermons. Just this week, had a man walk in with his family, and they're living out of their car. They just moved from New Jersey, and they want me to help them get in a hotel. The problem is they're living in a nice, they have a nice car. Sell. I came from a town called Laurenburg, North Carolina, and it was a, a lot of single-wide trailers. That's where I grew up. I started out, my family started out in a single-wide trailer. To God be the glory. My, my grandfather paid $1,500 for the house that I, my family was birthed in. Hear me. It is amazing to me because right now I could take you to the town where I grew up in, and there are single-wide trailers that have been there, and they're, they're worth probably $5,000 or less, but they got Mercedes and challengers and chargers and Porsches and Hummers sitting in the front yard. It is a spirit of poverty when you buy because you want to look like what you ain't got. So, you, oh God. Sir, it's hard for me to steward well and put you in a hotel when if you just put your car for sale, get something a little. Y'all ain't going to talk to me, are you? A single mother sitting in front of me asking me to help pay for her electric bill. And her son's got on brand new Jordans. It is a spirit of poverty. And I'm trying to expose the darkness today. When you buy what you want and beg for what you need. Your grace and mercy. You feel better now? Let, let me give you the reverse. Let me give you the reverse. When you apologize for what God blessed you with, is the spirit of poverty as well. You know that God has blessed you. God has blessed you with unbelievable, you can't believe what God has blessed you with. And when somebody says, man, I can't believe you have that, you apologize. For the blessing of the Lord, it's the spirit of poverty. When you're ashamed to say, this is what God did for me. So we go, oh man, listen, I, I know, I, I, got it, I got it on a discount. Really? Really? Imagine you walking with your wife, your girl, and you're walking with your wife, and they're like, man, I can't. Have you ever met a dude who's got a girl, and you're like, there ain't no way. There ain't no way. There ain't no way. You look at this girl, and you look at that dude, you're like, he must have a great personality because he ain't got nothing else working for him. You should know what I'm talking about because some of you look at yourself in the mirror at least once a day going, and then I look at your wife, and I'm like, God Almighty. 
What, did you strike her with blindness? Imagine, listen, and some of you need to be doing this. Like, if I was you, I would be, and I don't get to do this because we're in church, but if I was sitting beside my wife, because I'm married up, y'all. I'm married up. I'm 25 years in, and God Almighty, I can't help but. <laughs> she walked by me just a few minutes ago after the first service. She walked by, she got that little leopard print on, and I'm like, hey, girl, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go back to my office and we have some ministry time. Praise the Lord. Y'all can't handle this, but I want you to understand, man cannot live on bread alone. Amen. I love my job. Am I grossing you out? Good. Don't you know how you got here, girl? Don't you know how you got here? See, when a man loves a woman, when a man loves him. All right. Can't keep his mind. Nothing else. He trade the world. Come on, Percy. Come on, Percy. Baby, we're getting us a bucket of chicken, and we're going to put on some Barry White. Okay, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. She's telling me to shut up. Let's get it on. <laughs> You walk by, and it's like you walking with your wife, and you're like, listen, some of y'all, y'all should have your arms around your wives. Because if she ever wakes up, she's out. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, she's out. Like a big girl at dodgeball. You understand? She is. Okay? You should be walking. <laughs> Shut up. You should be. You should be like, yeah. I need to shut up. God, I'm, I told you, I'm, I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired. I'm tired. You should be walking like this. You'd be like, yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. She with me. She with me. She with me. I'm going to put another ring on. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, dog. Nah, dog. You know what I'm mean? saying? Like, this is a... And then somebody goes, oh, man, it's so nice to meet you. Man, you have, you have a beautiful wife. Well, I got her on a discount. I got her on a discount. Number one, you would get punched in low places. And the offense that it would be for you to apologize for the beauty of what God gave you. What am I, t I'm telling you, wear your coat. It, don't be prideful. Don't be arrogant. But you ought to go, you know what, this is what the Lord gave me. This is what the Lord gave me. And I am thankful unto him. And if you're asking me about my car, you're asking me about my watch, you're asking me about my shoes, you're asking me about my friend, you're asking me about my house, you're asking me about my wife, you're asking me about my teeth, you're asking me about my face. You, let me tell you, the reason why I have what I have is because he gave it and every good and perfect gift cometh from the Lord. And so I just believe the reason you're asking about this is because you really need to hear about about him, and I ain't going to apologize and tell you God blessed me on a discount. Spirit of poverty. So let me go deeper. How, do you, how does your heart react when somebody else gets blessed? How, how does your heart respond when your family member is blessed that you feel doesn't deserve it? 
Oh, we just got real quiet in this church again, didn't we? That's the spirit of poverty. It's mammon. Friend number two, it's not poverty, it's the opposite, it's pride. And you're rolling up acting like you did it. You rolled up acting like God, that, that God wasn't a part of it. Not only was he not a part of it, he did it all. You can't breathe without him. So we get it and then we get arrogant. We start walking in pride. And now, now that we got, our, we got our Folex on, so now we're sitting on the front row. Because we're waiting on Vince to say, now lift your hands up. We never considered flag ministry until now. <laughs> I'm about to pull my hamstring trying to make this point. Oh God, I split my pants one. I hope you didn't zoom in on that shot. <laughs> At my age, there's nothing to see back there no more. Hallelujah. It's back to crack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look like I got stole from. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, so all the junk. From the, I need to shut up. God Almighty. No, let me move on. Y'all started laughing and now I'm going. Because mammon with pride steals God's glory. That only belongs to him. I deserve this. You know, you, know, you, you know what we deserve? Hell. We deserve hell. Everything else is God's mercy and grace. Poverty will say, I want people to think I paid less than what I did. While the spirit of pride will want people to think you paid more than what you did. But gratitude says, I don't care what people think. I just thank you. I just thank you. The last one. Third friend, final friend. Throw it up there for me. And now I'm going to deal with my people is a pimp called prosperity. Coming up telling you in every church service that if you do this by giving this to me, God's going to do this for you by this time next week. Let me give you a green cloth that's going to heal you. Let me give you some water that I got out of the, the spigot that I said came from Israel. And he's going to heal you. That if you'll sow this seed of this X amount of dollars, then God's going to have a turnaround for you. That, that's a pimp called prosperity. And it roots in mammon. Because a pimp called prosperity tells you this, that the reason we give is to get. That is a pimp called prosperity. Prosperity. 
That, oh, God have mercy. Let me just be accountable to this house. I'm listening thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people on this radio. If you ever hear me say that the reason you give is so that you can get, and that is the intent of your heart, you better come get me off this stage, tell the elders to sit me down because I need to be in a sabbatical because I am now moved out of being sound in my doctrine to a false prophet that is leading people astray, telling you that if you will give money, you get what? Whatever that is pimping prosperity because your salvation is not a slot machine do you hear what I'm saying push the right buttons pull the right lever give the right praise sow the right seed and you'll get the right return that is giving to get the kingdom does not give to get we get to give get to give so let me be very clear I believe in the prosperity message I believe in the prosperity gospel I just don't believe it in the full context of the pimps because they leave it unscriptural so let me give you the scripture of prosperity you ready third John chapter 2 beloved I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in good health. Here it is. As your soul prospers. In other words, the more I go deeper in God, the more I go trusting in God, the more I go faithful to the faithfulness of God, the more he sees that I am a good steward of all the things that he's given to me, that as my soul prospers in him, he will bring resources, he will bring health, but it will all be contingent upon me telling you, you have my body, you have my soul, you have my mind, you have my wallet, that my prosperity is not on me being able to get my prosperity is on the contingency that I'm giving you all the glory, all the honor, all the power, all the praise. It's all yours, not mine. That prosperity comes as my soul prospers. Not my bank account. No, not the preacher's bank account. How in the world, oh God, I'm going here. How in the world can you be at a 20-member church driving a $60,000 car? You are pimping the gospel. You are manipulating the people of God to help make sure there's food on your table. But you can't even take the time to pray that God would give them the resources to them. Let me help you. Those of you, I feel this in this service. I didn't feel it in the first service. Let me help you. If you've been manipulated by man, if you've been worked by man, if you've had people come into your life and just completely work and manipulate you, listen to me. As long as you are being obedient to what you believe was the will of God, it doesn't matter what that man did with your money. It doesn't matter what that woman did with your money. It doesn't matter what they're doing with your money. Listen, that God is a rewarder of people who are faithful to him, and it doesn't matter what he did with it you were obedient to what you believed it was God I'm trying to set you free this morning but let me help you pastor you for a minute this is why you don't give to man so here I am end of the message Malachi chapter 3 bring all the tithes into the storehouse 
that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. This is the only time where God tells us to test him. Try me now in this and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. The point of this message today is the next verse. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor the vine shall fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. That word rebuke in the Hebrew, it simply means this, that I will destroy the devourer for your sake. In other words, when I give to God and I allow him to be the one that is in charge of my money every money has a spirit it's either God or it has mammon when I bring him the tithe when I bring him the offering he stands up and he destroys the spirit of mammon off of all of my money he breaks it off of my life I bring it to God and God destroys everything in other words my giving is me giving to God for destruction it's destruction of generational curses it's destruction of greediness it's destruction of jealousy it's destruction of comparison when I give to God I am telling him I am faithful to you because I know you are faithful to me I give it to God for destruction for destruction I'm not preaching you a message I do not live and hear me I told you at the beginning I'm not about to receive an offering I'm not working you. I'm, not try I'm trying to get you in obedience and the spirit of mammon be broken off of you. So I'm going to end this way. Quoting the same scripture that I quoted at the beginning. Matthew chapter 6. 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into our barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these lilies now if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you O you of little faith therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat what shall we drink how are we gonna to afford to pay pump what shall we wear for after all these things the Gentiles seek, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Here it is. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Next Sunday. And His righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Verse 34, finally. Therefore... Do not worry about tomorrow. 
For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Right before I walked out in the first service, Holy Spirit said this to me, and I wrote it down real quick. When I trust the Lord today with my tomorrow, that means I trusted the Lord yesterday with my today. For I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep what has been committed to him. Is there anybody committed to him? Jump up on your feet and just thank him. Just thank him that you're committed to him. Just thank Him. Father, we break the spirit of mammon over this house. We break the spirit of poverty. We break the spirit of pride. We cast down the prosperity false doctrine that would try to lock us into selfish obedience. We say, Spirit of the living God, lift your hands all over this room. We say, Spirit of the living God, we are open to whatever you're saying in our life. We're open to you. We're open to your words, to your decree. We do not worry. We do not live in fear. We trust in you. Some trust in horses and chariots, but we trust in you. You're a safe, safe and strong tower that we get to run into. And we know that grace is sufficient for all of our needs, even in times of trouble, you're there. We worship you today, that you're the God bigger than inflation. You're the God bigger than the price at the gas pump. You're the God bigger than the grocery store. You're the God that's bigger than our worries and our fears. We praise you because you are the one we yield ourselves to. In Jesus' name, lift up your voice and worship all over this house this morning. Morning. Lift up your voice and worship. Come on. Oh, oh, say. Oh, oh, trust in the kingdom of God and the God of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take the word and apply it to your life. To get and stay connected, learn how you can give, and to join us live, visit judachurch.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.